You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to Radio Ramadan 365 on 1530 AM. This is uh, the Green Dean show and we're on episode 2 where today we're discussing climate change. So very to- important and very topical topic um we're in a global emergency we're on the brink of a man-made imminent disaster uh, Greta Thun- Greta Thunberg a 16-year-old Swedish girl inspired thousands of schoolchildren from around the world to strike and demonstrate about climate change David Attenborough's BBC documentary Climate Change the Facts Our Planet Matters um has has opened up a whole profound new way of looking at this and um, there are extreme examples of activism with the extinction rebellion protests causing disruption all over the UK the paris climate agreements in scotland and the uk stating our nation will commit to going zero carbon by 2050 and more recently on a local level the introduction of a low carbon emission zone in glasgow Nicola Sturgeon has recently declared a climate emergency. So welcome to the show. We have three guests on today. We have Lucy Ranson who's in live in our studios. We have Claire Gibson um on the phones and we also have Mark Bryant. So Lucy, welcome. We'll start with you. Please um introduce yourself and why you came on to the show. Good morning, Shagufta. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for inviting me. It's a You're joy. You're very welcome. It's a joy to be here on this sunny day. Um yeah I've I've been working with communities and families over the last 10 years supporting them to become more aware of some of the climate issues that we're facing and uh the challenges that we have but also the amazing opportunities that are being presented to us to live a more uh, nourishing and fruitful life if we can move towards being more planet friendly so uh I've primarily been doing that through the climate challenge fund which is a fantastic uh fund that supports communities all over Scotland and is making big big inroads and big change. And there'll be more in the climate challenge fund from Claire Gibson as soon as we have her um on air. Um so Lucy I'm going to ask something quite controversial um because there are people out there that um pose these questions. So um what is climate change and does it even exist? Yeah, I'm I mean I've heard from you recently there's quite a few people who are thinking that and you do hear it in the media that people are saying no it doesn't exist and you know and you know Donald Trump is a, an example of that you know a main leader in our in our in our world denying it so it it's troubling when science says it is happening and people like David Attenborough the godfather of nature <laughs> says come on let's do something about it um i think it's drawn a lot of attention so climate change in the phrase it says the climate is changing now the climate change is kind of all the time within a modicum so for thousands if not millions of years it it's stayed within um a certain radian it's stayed fairly stable in order for humans to th- survive and thrive and it's really only in the last 200 250 years since the industrial revolution that we have been putting carbon dioxide methane nitrous oxide and fluorocarbons into the atmosphere so th- this is increasing the 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 likelihood that the climate will change and it's creating something called global warming so these these um these poisons these chemicals are, are um are trapped in the atmosphere and what they do is they 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 sorry they trap um heat in the atmosphere which creates a warming effect and that warming effect then creates 
changes in the climate. So we see things like um, big storms, we'll see um, because of that mass flooding, we've seen wildfires because the temperatures have gone up. Uh, all, all those kind of consequences are of climate change. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, so there are going to be cynical people out there that will say global warming, isn't that a good thing? Especially, I mean, I've heard that Glaswegian say that um, on a number of occasions when it is wet and miserable here. Um, how would you counteract that? Well, I mean, I think in anything that's a change, there are always upsides, one could say. Although, you know, it, it, you have to dig quite deep to see the upsides of climate change. Um, yeah, of course, Scotland uh, over the next... 50 to 80 years will become warmer and wetter. That's the, the, the predictions from the Met Office. However, uh, that there's massive downsides, not only for us um, in Scotland, in the UK, but for the whole planet. This is a planetary problem. It's about how we are destroying our ecosystems by the rise in temperature. So you know, even a small rise, like uh, we're, we're r- roughly around one degree uh, even something like that doesn't sound that much. And you can say, mm. yeah, it's it's the difference between 18 and 19 degrees in Glasgow on, on a warmish day. Mm. Yeah, great. But people around the world, especially in places like Pakistan, that isn't just a one degree rise. That might be a five degree rise. Mm. You know, it's, a, it's an average of one degree. And the consequences of that are completely dire. Already we've lost countless species around the world and that's tipping our ecosystem our planetary ecosystem into a very vulnerable system you know resilience is one of these things that you need diversity in a a system and if we lose some of the the core species like we've lost something like um 60 percent of our woodland species in 60 years in the uk wow that's shocking by doing that we are undermining the resilience of our ecosystems and we're undermining our very presence on this planet. Mm, that's shocking, some shocking statistics. Um, we have Mark Bryant online uh, with us just now. Mark, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Assalamu alaikum, how are you? Wa alhamdulillah. Apologies for the few technical difficulties this morning, but we've got you on. Mark, can you give yeah. our um, listeners a little introduction to um, who you are yeah. and why you came on the show today? Yeah, certainly. Um, so my name is Mark Bryant and I've been um, working with IFIS Eco-Islam for the last decade. Um, and I've been kind of passionate about the environment most of my life. Um, and so, you know, I'm very interested in the Islamic environmental ethic. Okay, and uh, and was that the reason that you, you wanted to come on today? Or Yeah, so, so today specifically is, is, you know, we're talking about climate change. <clears throat> and um, in 2015, um, I was lucky enough to be working with IFIS, um, with Eco-Islam, when... We produced the um, Islamic Declaration on Climate Change, and that really gives the Muslim voice, you know, within this dialogue of climate change. And I think one of the important things to remember is that this, you know, this is an excellent opportunity for people to work together, because there's no one group that, if it did the right thing on this planet, would be able to save themselves from from what's happening. This is this is something that needs everybody working together. And and being twenty five percent of the obvi- um, the population, we're obviously um, we make a big impact on on the earth. Um, so, um, Lucy, there was a couple of interesting things that you said. So, just for our listeners' sake, in case they're not aware of some of those things, can you just explain what industrial revolution? What exactly is that? Well, that happened. Um 
kind of 19th, 18th, 19th century. So it was the, the time when we kind of really discovered how coal could fuel our societies and um, uh, ensure that we could have machines. Rather than do everything by hand, we could then have machines that were run on coal and coal would make things go faster and quicker and you could make more stuff, um, create more profits and that, that kind of fueled itself. And then kind of oil got into the mix and these are all fossil fuels that create carbon dioxide if they're burnt basically so our whole society is is based more or less well you could say in Scotland it's a lot less because we have a lot of uh, turbines which help with the renewable energy but fossil fuels are not renewable energy so consequently when we burn them they give off carbon dioxide and we're, we're pretty used to having this convenient way of living that everything is kind of produced and made I mean I'm holding up a a laundry liquid bottle here um, that I'm going to go and get refilled today. That that's made of of plastic that comes from petroleum, which is a fossil fuel, and it uses fossil fuels to kind of make it. So everything we have around us mm. is using fossil fuels. So. Interesting, actually. Plastic came up in yesterday's show quite a lot as well, and we've dedicated a whole show to plastic in a couple of weeks, so um, keep listening um, um, to us. Um, and so, Lucy, as a summary, so coal has been around um, underground for mm. decades and, and millions and billions of years, but it's more man finding it and its use of it that has really caused the Industrial Revolution. So some of the gases that you mentioned, um, there was carbon um, carbon dioxide, there's methane, etc. So if you just kind of um, give us a little context of how... Um, so how some of them are produced and how they're kind of um, affecting the balance of things. Yeah, so things like, uh, well, carbon dioxide is probably the most commonly known. That tends to come from the fossil fuels that we, we burn. Um, and, and that's about 60-odd percent of the makeup of the um, chemicals that, that, that are pollutants that are going into the atmosphere that are warming, uh, creating a barrier to warm our climate. So they think, you know, you drive your car, out comes carbon dioxide at the other end. Um, it rises up into the atmosphere and, and kind of mostly gets stuck there. So uh, literally everything that we use in our everyday lives uses fossil fuels in some way, shape or form. The, the other, one of the other chemicals that, that um, fossil fuels kind of give off is nitrous oxide. And you mostly get that when, you, when you, you're in a plane and you fly. So that gives off uh, something up to, in some cases, up to 100 times more intensity than carbon dioxide. So it's a very dense... Uh, chemical which is particularly polluting and then we've got methane and methane is uh, comes from you know when you, you you sort of smell food kind of going off that's as the food is rotting it's giving off a chemical called methane you also get it a lot where from from cows as they ruminate and that's one of the reasons why cutting down on on sort of meat eating is a good thing because there's less cows so therefore there's less methane going into the atmosphere but also um, uh, when, when, when frozen areas are, are, are defrosted, like potentially the permafrost, they will give off huge amounts of methane that have been stored there um, in, 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 in the ground. So uh, there's also fluorocarbons. A lot of those have been dealt with in, in, in the global north, but there's still a problem with fluorocarbons, mostly that used to come from fridges. Um, and, and we kind of changed some of the chemicals in that so they were less harmful to the environment. But they still exist in great amounts in, in, in the world and they're still a problem and, and, and a potentially a, um, a, a, a global warming gas. So essentially, again, all of these gases have been around for since time began, essentially, but it's human 
human activity that has changed the balance um, of things and which are more prevalent and which are not, and that's causing some of the... Yeah. the as, to put it very, very simply. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... Uh, uh, well, yes, they've all been, they've all been, they've all existed in a kind of balanced way. That's why we've managed to survive and, and thrive. But once we started to um, utilize them in greater amounts, and we live off them, we're, we're totally addicted to them. We can't do anything without fossil fuels, it seems. Um, and consequently, that has uh, disturbed the balance of these um, chemicals, the, the, these pollutants in the atmosphere, and consequently, we're in Im- imbalance. Okay, so you've mentioned some some things that are the a cause of climate change. So you've mentioned storms, flooding, wildfires, destroying ecosystems. You know, countless species becoming endangered. Um, just before we kind of go into a break, and then we'll discuss a little bit of these until uh, in a, a lot more detail. Is there is there others? Because there, there seems to be quite a lot out there. And it's quite alarming. What are some of the other causes? Well, these are consequences. Consequences. Yeah, okay. no, that's fine. Um, um, well, uh, we, we talked about, you know, there's, we, we, we've had mass species um, di- um, extinction already around the world. You know, you, you look at palm oil and the fact that we, we have this incredibly um, de- desire for inconvenience, you know, most of the time. And consequently, palm oil is where you, you deforest what, you know, existing, existing um, plantations or existing uh, tree forests. And you plant palm oil, and palm oil is in, you know, hundreds of products nowadays, from crisps to bread to drinks to processed food. But it, what it's doing is it's destroying the habitat of orangutans. And I think we're, we we know that now. We all have seen that. We've all signed the petitions. It's a case of checking our labels on all our food and going, no, we're not going to buy. We're not going to buy it because we're consumers and consumers have the power of the purse. So we can choose not to buy a lot of these things if, if we can and find alternatives. So, uh, you know, orangutans are a really good example of that. Um, we've seen wildfires in many, many continents, uh, ranging from the global south over to the Americas. Um, uh, a consequence of of, of, of you know, greater temperatures and mm. consequently things can ignite much much more quickly there's flooding as a consequence of uh, uh, of, of, of storms of tsunamis mm. you know, th- these occurrences aren't because of they're not all um, as a consequence of climate change their likelihood has increased because of climate change as a consequence of climate okay. change um, and before we begin chatting I just want to narrate our hadith of the day um, Abu Bakr Sadiq radiallahu um, anhu when he ordered his troops said do not cut down a tree do not abuse a river do not harm animals and always be kind and humane to God's creations even your enemies um, and with that thought let's get back into our discussion uh, Mark can you hear us? Okay. Fabulous. Thank you very much for being patient and, and staying online. Um, we hope you managed to catch some of the, the show beforehand. Um, so Lucy has um, gone into um, a little bit of the detail of how climate change has come about and what are some of the consequences of it. And I guess in this um, part of the show, we would really like to enlighten people on how they can find out more, how they can, ch- how they can act, uh, what, and what are some of the things that they can do. Okay. Um, well, I, I mean, unfortunately, I only have picked up bits and bobs, so I'm sorry if I repeat anything that Lucy said. No, that's okay. Um, but the thing is that, um, you know, as, as I said in my introduction, um, this issue is something that all communities need to come together to work on. But there are some specific things that Muslims can look at 
um, because of our position um, that our faith um, tells us that God has put us on this earth to be trustees um, the khalifa of, of his creation um, and so when it comes specifically to climate change at this time of Ramadan when um, our focus so much on the poor what we need to understand is that I heard um, um, your guest speaking earlier on about resilience and the resilience of the natural environment to, to climate change um, but what people like um, the UN, um, Islamic Relief, etc., have discovered um, is that the poor um, are, the, are the least resilient to climate change. Um, and as we know, you know, in, in the Muslim world and at the time of Ramadan, when we're trying to think about um, the poor and what we can do to help the poor, one of the biggest things we can do is, you know, make changes to climate change and to reduce the effects of climate change because we're much more resilient here to the effects of climate change um, than the poor are around the world. Okay, so um, what are some of those things that we can do? And I guess this question is to Mark and Lucy. Um, okay, well, you know, uh, the thing is one can do things on a local level um, and even on a private level. So you can look at your own um, consumption. Uh, one of the biggest issues we have with climate change is waste. Um, so um, if, if, for example, you take something that, you know, that's um, affecting climate change, like fuel use, one of the things that you can do to help is obviously reduce the amount of fuel that you use. Um, and so one can look at reducing one's own carbon footprint um, at home uh, and also as a community. I mean, last year I was involved with um, in, in Cardiff and in the um, in Birmingham um, with plastic-free Islam. And this Ramadan we're looking at, you know, not only plastic-free but also uh, a much lower meat consumption because meat consumption is one of the biggest drivers of climate change that we can make an immediate difference to. Brilliant, and it's really fantastic to hear you say that. Um, and the episode just before um, um, Eid, um, the the first weekend in June, the last two of Green Dean, inshallah, will be around food. And one of them um, will um, be focusing on waste, um, food waste, and particularly on meat. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on that, and uh, you know, it's just frightening. Um, so just touching upon some of those things, Lucy, how can people um, enlighten themselves, as you said, and how ca- what what changes can they make? Well, I'm I'm a really firm believer in the fact that um, we need to all take responsibility and get educated on this. I mean, it's it sounds grueling, it sounds scary, but actually, it's such an enlightening topic because it hits on so many different. It touches on so many different areas of our lives that we've lost contact with. It touches on how other species exist. It touches on who our neighbours are. It touches on where where we travel to and, and who we travel with. So, you know, uh, Mark very, very well spoke about food waste. I mean, that's a huge, a huge issue. So, you know, uh, get, get, get active around that and find out uh, what that really means. Because a- any food waste you waste has already got a carbon footprint in it. 
you know it's taken fossil fuels to make to grow it to produce it to process it to you know to do all the manufacturing the travel to get it to the shop so it's, it's embedded with carbon and then you throw it in the bin so it, it's being really respectful about what you already buy maybe buy less than you actually need and shop a bit more mm. Uh, that, that's that's kind of one way, but I think education generally is if you don't know where to start. Uh, what I've been learning recently is, you know, don't panic. You know, it's scary stuff. I know, but if you panic, um, what happens is that you send loads of cortisol into your body that goes into the fight, fright, flight, fade system, which is which is you know a stress reactor. High levels of cortisol in your body all the time can add to really ill health. So speak about how you feel. If you feel dread, um, hopelessness, fear, uh, stress, mention those words. And by mentioning those feelings, your cortisol drops. It's, Mm. It's been shown in scientific studies. So first of all, do that. Look after yourself. That's an education for yourself. And then link with your family and friends. Talk about this. Don't let it be the elephant in the corner. We've got roughly 10 years, 10, 11 years to act before tipping points, which mean that um, the climate will start to do its own thing without our input. We can still input over the next 10 years and pull ourselves back from, from, from a, a, some, some major problems for the future, for future generations. So get educated, meet with your family, friends, talk about this openly and honestly. Uh, share that you don't know and you don't understand that you want to and I'm sure you'll provide lots of links for them at the end of either this show or, or some of the other shows. Um, absolutely, we're planning to and just touching up on some of the things that Lucy said we have a responsibility to our neighbours and just linking this into our faith I guess because um, we are on Radio Ramadan and you know this is the month of Ramadan the month of Quran um, we have a responsibility towards our neighbours we have a responsibility towards every creature on this earth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we discussed yesterday made his Khalifa on this earth but not so that we can just destroy and plunder everything and all the resources are for ourselves to use. We have to think about the future generations. Um, Mark, um, is there something that you would like to add on um, to those thoughts? Yeah, yeah please, just, just a couple of things. I mean, firstly, um, on that idea of Khalifa, um, I always give people the example that it's, um, it's more like a park keeper. And... You can become a park keeper, which means you're responsible for taking care of that park. But it doesn't mean you can do what you like with it. You can't turn it into a car park or, you know, build your house on it. Mm. Um, and so I think we need to look at that responsibility as Khalifa, as, as, as caretakers, and that we will be, you know, judged in, in, in the future on how, how we did with that. And, and on any measure that we've got at the moment, as a species, um, we're not looking too good. You know, um, and the second thing I would say, you know, what I agree entirely with this, whilst it is a very bleak picture, um, you definitely can't do anything positive when one's kind of spinning around in a kind of sense of, of uselessness. Um, and so some of these things that we've been talking about that one does on a, on a, um, a personal level and a community level, they're actually... Um, Really healthy and make you, and, and you know uh, mentally healthy and make you feel better. Um, and so you know if you make little steps and make you know you, you can start to make big changes around your community. Uh, and it was quite interesting when we had a um, an imam's workshop. Um, one of the things that came up is you know they were talking about using less transport and they were saying about you know they wish more people would walk to the mosque. Uh, 
and then somebody else pointed out that you know back in the day when they used to walk to the mosque they would all you know greet one each other in the streets and, and, and walk together and if somebody didn't come out their house you would know there was something wrong so they felt that they had lost the sense of that tight community by you know taking the short drive to the mosque when they could actually walk and they used to in the old days so, so there's a lot of really positive things about what this will do to your um, sense of empowerment um, and your sense of being able to do something if one starts on a, on a scale like that. Okay, so this is touching on some of the things that we talked about yesterday, and it was about um, basically making small changes. Um, and our hadith yesterday was about the, the small deed that is continuous, that is most most beloved to God. So making small changes um, and implementing them. Um, and, and the advice that you and Lucy are giving is, is quite consistent uh, in terms of not panicking. I am a bit of a panicker um, to just take uh, take a step back. And, and Lucy, I always um, come back to a particular example for yourself. When we were working together on a, pr- a previous project and there was a day that was particularly overwhelming and I, I really find this interesting when you said that you needed to just get out of the office and go out and in- interact in nature so you spent the the afternoon pottering about in the garden and that really grounded you and you know what um in my lifestyle i totally could did not understand that but a couple of years on and looking back at that you know i showed i it really proved to me how how it grounded you and i can i can learn a lot from that and on that particular time i I lived in a um a flat on the third floor i didn't have access to a garden and since then i do and you know i try and make as much opportunity as i can to get out into it and we live in glasgow we are blessed with so many green spaces and and i suppose being out in my bike allows me to interact with them so it allows me to be calmer um, and grounded a lot more um so mark apologies we're going to have to say goodbye to you and thank you very much for coming on and um, Inshallah, we will touch base soon. Um, this isn't a conversation that will just end here today. Um, feel free to send uh, any links and then we can post them on the Radio Ramadan page and on my Facebook page and people can carry on having these conversations even after the show. Jazakallah um, okay. So, salam. So, just while Claire's coming online, I would like to um, read our verse of the day. Um, it's from Surah Baqarah, and it's um, Ayah eleven and twelve. And A'udhu billahi min al-Shaytan al-Rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa idha qila lahum la tufsidu fi al-ardi, qalu inna nahnu muslihun. Ala innahum hum al-mufsidun, wala kila yashgurun. And when it is said to them, do not cause corruption in the earth, they say, we are only putting things right. No, it is they who are causing corruption, though they do not realise it. And that was um, Surah Baqarah, um, verse 11 and 12. So Lucy, going back onto those discussions about, I guess, looking hopeful mm-hmm. and looking positive. Um, and Claire is going to be coming online very soon. And she is... Um, working with Keep Keep Scotland Beautiful and um, a number of projects around Glasgow are doing amazing work and that's how Lucy and I met and we worked on a wonderful project together um, at Al Mizan and on that point I think we can welcome in Claire. Good morning Shkifta. Claire how are you? Um, Not too bad, how are you? Very good thank you, apologies for the technical difficulties. If you would like to give a little um, introduction to yourself and then let's go straight into with our topic and carry on the discussion. Okay, and well, my name's Claire. I am the Capacity Building Officer for the Climate Challenge Fund. Um, so my job is to work and support projects, uh, community-led projects. Um, just that, actually, before I talk about that, I'll say a bit about the, what the Climate Challenge Fund is. 
Um, sorry if I'm repeating anything what people have said this morning. No, it's absolutely okay. Um, so the Climate Challenge Fund is a Scottish Government grant initiative and we manage it and it keeps Scotland beautiful. So it's the purpose of the Climate Challenge Fund was set up to support community-led projects uh, across Scotland um, to deliver effectively low-carbon projects, things that would reduce their community's carbon emissions. And um, we don't just support projects through the funding, and um, we also support projects through the capacity building programme, which is um, which is mine, when I'm, when I'm the lead of it. Um, so we do things like training programmes to maybe help understand the impacts of climate change and the things that we can do, um, and uh, connect, uh, connect community-led organisations together with other CCF-funded projects and get that conversation going on climate change. Okay, and what I mean, what are some of those conversations that people could have, and who are some of those projects that people on a Glasgow, local Glasgow level can link up to? Yeah, so as a, a Glasgow contact, we um, the Climate Challenge Fund funds twenty two projects in Glasgow this wow, year. I didn't realise it was that um, many. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the projects, well, the one you're involved in, Shkusta, the Bike for Good project. Thank you. And um, so. I'm mentioning this as you guys are doing active travel and transport is um, a sector in Scotland uh, is one of the largest sources of greenhouse gas emissions in Scotland alone. They overtook the energy sector in 2015 and so transport is something that we need to do, we need to really focus on this to reduce our emissions and Bike for Good um, is one of those projects that help people move away from their cars to, to cycling and it's not just that you know the impact of climate change that cycling has. It's other things like health benefits and you know connecting. I think Lucy was talking about it earlier. You know connecting people with nature, which is which is quite important to help you. You know you ground yourself and reduce stress levels. Brilliant, and we our next week's show actually Saturday's show is on active travel, um, and Sunday's show uh, is about energy. So we will be able to go into those um, in a lot mm-hmm. more detail next week. So some, what are some of the other areas that people can get and get involved, Claire? Well, um, these um, so that, that's transport, but you know, there's things um, like your home energy. Looking at you know how you can reduce your home energy, uh, and there's projects in Glasgow that can help you support support this. Uh, there's food. Um, looking at growing your own. If you've got a little patch in your garden, then perhaps think about well, what things can I, what things can I grow there and Tackling your food waste as well is, is a really a really good thing. Waste is a huge problem, and I think Mark was mentioning that this morning um, about the issue of waste. So food food waste as well is something massive we can do. And if you want to find out about those other projects that the Challenge Fund funds in Glasgow, then head on to the Climate Challenge Fund website, and we have a map on our homepage, and you can find out who we fund and if you want to get involved in those projects then just contact the organisation and make that connection and they can support you make make a change Fantastic and we'll get that link up on the Radio Ramadan website as well as myself and Lucy's um, Facebook pages um, and Lucy yep. going back to um, you, you mentioned um, David Attenborough's um, documentary mm. um, and how there's only a few more days left for people to take advantage of that can you give us an yeah. overview of what that's about? Well um, it's on um, I watched it on iPlayer I think there's six more days left to watch it and if you haven't please do I mean he is the godfather of of our natural world and we all love him dearly and we trust him 
and uh, he 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 says it like it is, as we've seen in all his programs. This this is pretty um, a, a pretty direct uh, documentary. It's very hopeful as well as saying the facts and what's kind of going on. So I, I really, it, it lasts about 50 minutes, something like that. I really encourage you, do it in a two-parter if you need to. Mm. Um, and then when you've watched it, get on the telephone, go and speak to a friend about it. Because it's really important you don't just sit there with the worry, with the panic. What do I do? How do I do this? I've got to do it immediately. Mm. You know, becoming more planet-friendly is a journey, and we need to do this over time. So the sooner we start, the more into the journey we can get. I've been doing this for at least 10 years. You've been doing this for quite a number of years now, Shagufta. You know, we, we, it's a journey, isn't it? Mm. We, we progress slowly. Mm. Today I've learned new stuff I didn't know before. Mm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to do a few different things, uh, you know, when I go home. Mm. I'm, I was just thinking about, you know, Claire said about growing food there. You know, I've had this idea that if I, if I can grow enough food for me to eat, enough vegan uh, plant-based food I can probably work one day less a week because I don't need to earn the money to then buy the food Mm. I can grow it myself Mm. that's a good thing and you'll have such a good time doing it and uh, Claire our our last meeting um, Claire had just gone uh, um, vegetarian um, at that point Uh, and you know we're we're in this world and people we're in this um work ethos and people might think it's very easy for them this is their life this is who they are this is what their jobs are but it's actually not I mean all three of us are are actually demonstrating that it's a journey Mm -hmm. Um, and there are some things that we're able to do quite quickly and quite easily and there are some things that we're we're not able to do um, as easily Um, in terms of waste and in terms of my own personal journey in terms of waste and energy I was able to implement them quite quickly um, um, even in terms of food waste etc however in terms of growing my own I haven't been able to do that as well Um, I did used to joke that I had black fingers instead of green fingers um, and I got an aloe vera plant a couple of weeks ago and I've managed to kill that in a couple of weeks but I'm hopeful and in terms of active travel that that has taken me considering that is my my um, day-to-day job it has taken me a considerable time and effort to do that because I have two wee ones um, and transporting myself in all kinds of weather is absolutely fine um, but transporting um, youngsters isn't so we've I think we've got about three minutes left so if we could have a minute each and I would just like some parting thoughts um, from everybody what can people do how can they be hopeful and what are the steps forward so Claire we'll start off with yourself I think it's about taking a step back and thinking about what could you realistically manage as a starting point I think it's thinking it's something simple you can do and then build build it up from there to do to start doing the bigger things and um, it's all about yeah, start, starting off simple showing that you can actually do it and, and working up so almost like a task um, audit, um, make a list of things that are potential, that are possible, and pick out the easy ones and then kind of plan mm-hmm. in some of the more difficult ones. Okay, yeah. fantastic. And Lucy, yourself? Yeah, I, I would concur with that. I mean, um, changing habit is, is you know, it's behaviour change. So habit changing, you have to start really small and you have to, some people like to vision the future that they want. They want to vision this wonderful, glorious, low carbon future and then think of, think of how they can work towards that. So I really, I really encourage you to do it in your family. There's no better way of making change if you're doing it with others. They keep you accountable. They support you. If you're having a hard time, they give you a, a nice time. Mm-hmm. They understand. So, uh, you know, cho- choose any of the areas that you really like. But what, whatever you do that is low carbon, and, you know, I'm going to Locavore after this. I'm unashamedly going to promote them. Mm-hmm. They're a community interest company, and they are... Um, 
packaging free in terms of goods and they're organic. So I'm going to go there and get some of my goods. Um, the benefits we will gain from this will be greater connection with each other. You know, going low carbon in my 10 years has meant I have greater connection with people. I have greater appreciation and gratitude for what I have. Um, I have a better focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interconnected with everything and I value that. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much to both Claire um, and Lucy for those thoughts. And my parting thought would be um, link this into your faith. I realised that the the line of work that I was involved in and my faith were not actually two separate entities, that they were one and the same. So, for example, if I'm thinking about um, climate justice and some of the impacts of my actions on people that I cannot see, they're my Muslim brothers and neighbours and I am accountable for them. And if I'm eating and somebody else isn't, then I will be accountable for that. So... Find out more information, watch the documentary, link up with some of the projects that are around Glasgow um, and go into a a prophetic sunnah and go into the Quran. It is filled with things. There are over 500 verses on environmentalism and numerous um, hadith and feel free to get in touch with any one of us. We can link in um, our details online. Um, We thank you for listening to Green Dean. Today's episode was on climate change. We hope you find it interesting. You're listening to Radio Ramadan 365 on 1530 AM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.